It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Where you Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm Adrian Richardson. And guess who's back? Jared Davis. He has come back from the grave. How you doing, Jared? How was the last couple weeks uh, for you? Um, it's good to be back. I don't know. Back from the grave, I, I'm still struggling from, from last night's game. But uh, in, in person and in spirit, I guess, yes, I am, I am back. And uh, I want to thank uh, your dad for helping out uh, the last week and, and Kyle the week before. So uh, happy to be back, man. Yeah, man. Good to have you back. Um, yeah, I mean, Auburn this week, as everybody knows, even uh, I mean, this game made some really big national headlines. I mean, I feel like most times Iron Bowl kind of gets up there. But this one having to go to four overtimes, that, that just took it to another level. Like, my phone ended up dying right before overtime, which I was really sad about um, because I was wanting to tweet some things out for the ETC account. Um, but just couldn't because my phone was dead. But when I got it powered back on, I had like 30 or 40 texts from like my friends from college, from some friends that I used to hang out with like three years ago, but haven't talked to in a long time. It was like everybody was watching that knew I was an Auburn fan. It was like, oh my gosh, AJ, is this really happening? And that was kind of the you know excitement around that game. Um, Jared, kind of get your thoughts. Um, I know you weren't at the game, but like, what did you think of the game from Auburn, you know, needing to compete against a number three Bama? Yeah. And I'll, I'll piggyback off of you. I mean, I had text messages from people that, you know, I didn't even know watched football to be honest (laughs) with you. So, um, you know, and it it was, everybody was real excited and I kept telling them, Hey, it's not over. And unfortunately I was the right one. Um, uh, from, a just a perspective, I mean, I honestly always have hope because we are one of the few teams that are not scared of Bama before the coin toss, and um, and we're not. And, you know, I thought, okay, there's hope, but it was going to take some things to happen, I thought. And it really didn't. I mean, we, we basically, yeah. we beat them. We out-physicaled them for 59 minutes. Yeah. And I don't even know if that's a word, physicaled. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to count it. We're going to count it. So we basically played big boy football with them and almost did it better than they did. And so I was a, I was super surprised at that. I don't know where that defense has been all year. If that was the defense that showed up all year, like we have two losses, maybe. I mean, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, that we were just aggressive. The D line played phenomenal, and um, you know, it was one of those things. And then I'll, I'll, I'm rambling here, but going in, I was like, okay, I have a little bit of hope, but chances are we're probably going to lose by 14 or more. And so I'd come to grips with that. And then by the fourth quarter, you're like, I think we're going to win this game. Yeah. And to not, it was like ripping my heart out. And, you know, I don't know what's better to lose by 14 when I'd already come to grips or, or, or having happened what happened. 
Yeah, I came into it. I mean, I'd predict it's we'd lead by 17 points. But even the day of, I was telling my friends and family that like if we lose within, you know, one or two scores. So, I mean, I was thinking like 10 points, something like that. I'd be okay with it. We played tough against the number 3 Alabama defense and offense that has, you know, been pretty good um this whole season. And I I just wanted us to compete. And you know what? We competed, which was very impressive. Um, I mean, for for Bama to to get, you know, it took 52 minutes almost to score any points. 52 minutes. Like, that doesn't happen by chance. That shows you the coaches are ready, the players are ready. The defensive mindset was just, you've already mentioned it, was just incredible. I did not expect that kind of uh, defense to come come to play, and yet they did. I mean, they sacked Bryce. They you know batted down passes when he did throw it. Uh, our, I mean, TJ Finley did about as good as he could, and even when he was injured, like he was out out there still playing pretty darn well. And not even to mention, we have our backup kicker who nailed a forty nine yard field goal in overtime. And if those things don't all happen. I, we don't even probably have a chance. Like, I, I really don't think so. Um, and so you had all of the pieces come together and it wasn't like we had to do, I mean, I'm thinking back to like Gus Malzahn when, you know, he'd pull out the special trick plays. I mean, I don't, I can't even remember. Were there, were there any trick plays that we did this game? Um, no, uh, no, there was none that I'm yeah. aware of. Um, it felt kind of like, was it 2017 where we basically just we were just better and more physical which is not usually the case with Alabama so had very similar you know feel to that you know there were 2013 we we hung with them but it was like back and forth and we got the kick six 2019 was just crazy interceptions and stuff this was like a big boy football and we were better for 59 minutes yeah it truly was amazing. Like I, I did not expect that the fans around me were, did not expect it. Um, I had the funny thing. It was, I was kind of sandwiched between Bama fans in front of me, Bama fans to the left of me at like a section of them. I couldn't tell if they were students. They might've honestly been. Um, and then behind me were just like some crazy loud Auburn fans. So like I hopped on the bandwagon. You can probably hear my voice of yelling and being the not obnoxious, like cussing out or anybody, but just like being loud on defense or, you know, just saying, you know, funny things when, you know, plays happen or whatever. And that was, that was, that was a lot of fun. I have not done that in a long time. Um, And I felt like there were lots of people just getting at it in the stands. Um, I mean, I kept hearing, you know on twitter people saying oh that was the loudest jordan Hare has been i think it's on up there do i think it's the loudest probably not i mean i've been to a lot of fantastic games where like it was deafening like there's no way you can uh you can hear somebody talking from you and from like five feet away from you because it is just that loud but it did get loud like i had my apple watch and it um said Hey, you've been exposed to too high of decibels or whatever warning that they give you. <laughs> um, and I was like, "Oh, okay." It's like going to a concert. You you kind of expect it um, just to be your ears to kind of be shot for the next like you know few minutes. 
Um, but yeah, it was fun. Enjoyed it. Um, and I got the experience. It was kind of cool, uh, with my, all my immediate family, um, my brother-in-law, uh, and my grandmother all got to come. So it was, a. even though we lost, I think everybody was kind of in better spirits than we thought we would be coming out of the game. Um, I did want to talk about some of the kind of other stuff going on around Auburn, not before we kind of get into like the X's and O's offense and defense, but one of the big things that I think, uh, that happened kind of, you know, off the field was we had around a hundred recruits at this iron bowl. And anytime you have that many recruits, you better hope that your team on the field performs well. And, uh, I've already seen a lot. I don't know about you, Jared, but I've seen a lot of positive, uh, you know, impacts from this, from the recruits. Um, Have you seen anything kind of in particular about, you know, having such a good game against Bama um, in front of all these recruits? Yeah. I mean, everything you're reading was, is the, the players, I mean, multiple players said it was the best atmosphere they'd ever been to period. Wow. Um, So that's pretty huge. Uh, you already got a four-star defensive lineman, uh, Curtis Perry, who's from Alabama and number 69, number, thir- number three in the state and 69 in the country, has now come out and said that Auburn is his new number one. He is not committed, but he said we're his new number one and we're we're in the mix with like, you know, Clemson and other teams. So that's pretty huge. Um, you know, uh, we need to start seeing guys actually sign or commit. Uh, that'll make me feel better, but I, I don't, Here's the deal. Um, For this year, for the Auburn fan base, um, you know, you want to win that game yesterday. And I am as hurt as anybody. But from a future standpoint and getting recruits, I don't know if other than winning it couldn't have gone any better. We were in it the whole game. The crowd apparently was amazing. Uh, You got to see the new light show. Mm -hmm. They do a great job with that. So um, the the I don't think we're going to lose recruits because we lost in a two-point conversion overtime game, no. if that makes sense. No, I don't think so. And, and I think that's one of the positives because when we when we come out of this game, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a loss. And, yeah, it hurts. I'm sure it hurts the players even more than a lot of fans. But we, going forward, need the recruits. And, uh, I mean, in reality, Harson and his staff haven't even really had a full cycle yet. Um, this is really the start of their first full cycle of being on staff and uh, getting the recruits that they need. So I think this is going to be huge because, I mean, looking back at the last three games, you have this kind of this huge slump. And like if we played like that against Bama, I think some of these recruits kind of just walk away and like, I don't know if I want to come to Auburn right now. Like they're not in a good place. They got a new coach. I don't know about this. But coming in to see that, you got to be excited. And uh, I mean, thinking, especially if you if they, if they do enough analysis and looking at where Auburn's at with some of the positions that, you know, I think some of these guys are about to, well, a lot of them are graduating, but then some are probably going to leave to go to the NFL. They're probably thinking, cool, I got a legit shot at coming in and starting from day one. And, you know, a recruit coming in, you're 18 years old, 17 years old. That's that's huge. Um, that's what they're looking for. What have we always said? Auburn sells itself. It, it, there's something about it. Mm-hmm. To me, it's not all the way extreme like A&M where people would joke that's a cult. But it's also <laughs> more family feeling than your Alabama. And, 
you got to get people on campus to feel that. And you got to remember, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, even though Harson, you know, has been here since, I don't know, what last, when did we hire him? Last uh, January? Yeah, it was January. We, yeah. Um, we still couldn't have face to face visits until like June or July, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So he hasn't really, he's had like six months of face to face. So, will he get it done? I don't know. We've had this debate with friends. Will he get it done? I don't know. But I will tell you this. He totally understands what has to be done. He's going after a ton of linemen. You got to get O line and D line. I don't care who, what coach you are in the SEC. You got to win that battle. Mm-hmm. Another thing we just uh, I just read, and this is uh, Keith Niebuhr, I think, of of two four seven Auburn. He said that uh, we are expanding our budget for recruiting, and we are interviewing someone Monday who is already a stud recruiter at another school, and we're going to offer him a big role. And if it comes, if it happens, it'll be a huge deal for us. So hmm. that type of stuff matters. They almost are saying, listen, we are, we have two separate businesses going on here. We coach and we got the business of y'all going to get the players. And I don't, I don't think every school in the SEC is doing it. And we sure weren't doing it in the past. Yeah. I mean, all of the different positions that I've seen Harson hire, I didn't even know that was a position. And thinking about it now, a lot of these recruiting positions are key. Um, you have to, uh, I mean, unless you're, you're just a powerhouse already with recruiting, you have to have that initiative, the extra people push um, to get those guys um, or else you're just, you're going to, you're going to probably not get all the guys that you need. And so I, I just hope that that kind of pays off. Um, and I mean, Jared, you'd shared with me an article about, you know, coaches kind of in their second year. And it was just thinking, you know, I was thinking back to, you know, coaches in their second year for big schools typically have pretty good seasons or, you know, can have really good seasons, I guess. And I think recruiting has to, you know, play a pretty key role in that. Um, obviously you got a lot of the previous regime, kind of their, their talent level, but you, you have to bring in your own talent. And second year is when you really start making that impact. And really not until the third and fourth year do you really start, you know, building up that um, to, you know, get the all of your guys that you really want. So um, I think we, we've got a long way to go, but uh, at least this game, I feel like, was kind of in, in the right direction. Yeah, I'll, I'll let me reiterate real quick because, again, everybody takes a side. I'm not even peeking a side. I don't think you can know if Harson's the right guy yet. I, people want to say yes or no. I don't think you can know. What I can tell you is I do think you can say he knows what it takes to be successful. He knows what it takes. Can he go bring that to Auburn? Can he land the recruits? That's still up for debate. But he understands where the game is won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a key point that you just made, that it's he already knows it. Now, can you go and perform and do that? I mean, even coming in, like you were saying, oh, yeah, we're going to go and recruit. We're going to, you know, go to places we haven't gone before and all that. Yeah, talk is cheap, but, like, I want to see it in action. Um, and I, I we'll have to see, you know, is this the first class where we start seeing some guys from, you know, different states that we usually don't go after um, or, you know, different high schools that we've never had a guy come to Auburn? Uh you're going to probably start to see some of that if, if you know, this momentum of recruiting starts picking up for Auburn. Well, and people probably joke and say, well, of course, Jared, he knows it's got to be recruiting. Well, Dan Mullen thought you could basically win with just any players. He thought he could outcoach it. And I'll be honest, I love Gus. I think Gus had a similar mindset of, hey, I can make, I can make it work with any guys. 
And I, I think, and I'm not saying Harson has got a lot to do to be, wind up being better than Gus, but I think he does understand that. Hey, look, no, I gotta, I gotta have the, I gotta have the guys up front for this thing to to go. And um, will he get them? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I did want to talk about. Let's get into some, uh, you know, more specifics about the game. Um, offensively, I think we can all kind of agree wasn't the best game offensively. Though, I mean, we did put up ten points on a Bama defense. And at the same time, our defense was holding Bama to no points. So at, at some point I was thinking, man, that's all we got to do. Um, when you look at the line, we only have 159 total yards of offense. And I know some of that sacks, but even still, like that's a, not a great line uh, when you're, you're playing a big game. Like any, any team that scores 100 or only has 159 yards would probably not win in that game. But, hey, Auburn stayed in the game because our defense, a lot of times uh, in this game, just shut Bama down and uh, did what they needed to. Um, I did want to get your thoughts on, because now we're, you know, at the end of our regular season, what's kind of your thoughts on Mike Bobo um, and and where he's at with uh, this offense? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, The easy thing is to say get rid of him, and you and I even had a combo before this. You know, there's times, though, that's like, all right, so there were – there against Georgia, he schemed guys open, like mm-hmm. against the best defense in the country. Yeah, and we just didn't catch the ball. Yeah, and if you it, say you make you know half of those that you dropped, I think we we might have been in that game more it's than a different ball game. Yeah, it's a different ball game. Uh, another thing, we want to talk about how we blew these leads, and we did, but we had the we scored the points to get those leads. I don't know the last time we put up twenty eight in two SEC games in one half, like we did against Ole Miss and Mississippi State. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. So there's good things there. Now, what happens? Why are we not doing it in the second half? I don't know. Can he fix that? I don't know. If he can't, he's got to go. Because he has made boneheaded decisions in the fact that against Penn State, you turn around and hand the ball to Tank. You don't run a fade. That's a Mm -hmm. a crazy call. Um, I, I don't think he managed this game very well. I think he asked too much of TJ, which led to sacks, which took away points out of field goal range. I think everything needed to be real quick with him so he didn't have to make decisions. We didn't utilize the middle of the field much. We didn't utilize tight ends very much, except mm-hmm. on a really cool two-point conversion. So, <laughs> I mean, at, well, I say that. He did he, well, did he hit Shaker he over shinker. the middle. Yeah. yeah, that crazy catch. But um, I don't know, to be honest with you. People are adamant mostly one way <laughs> of getting rid of him i could be convinced on bringing him back yeah and and i mean i have a feeling there's going to be changes made i mean i think harson has even kind of alluded to changes are going to be you know, going to happen um which is to be expected i mean when you have a six and six season like you you need to change some stuff um, if anything to kind of you know show us as fans that you know things are happening um and especially in the first i mean i was just thinking about this in your first few years of being a coach, you've got a lot of positive momentum. Like, uh, you know, it's a new regime. You bring in a new mentality. You know, you have all this positive energy, and you want to capitalize off of that. You don't want to alienate the you know fan base behind you this early on. Um, so by making changes, you know, us fans think, oh, that's awesome. I mean, not always. I mean, I mean. Jared, you, you had mentioned this before you hopped on, but, I mean, there's impacts to if we fire Bobo, for example, his son, who has committed to come to Auburn. 
maybe we don't get them after that. And uh, wasn't there wasn't there somebody else that might we might not get it, especially if Bobo gets fired? Well, there's a so we've got two linemen I think from Auburn High already committed, but the 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 real golden nugget, if you will, is another guy who's apparently uh, between us and Georgia, and Bobo and this other guy are leaning hard on him to choose Auburn. So Bobo the son. So you know if you don't get that, and do you get Holden? Is it Holden Gurner? I can't pronounce. Oh yeah, his name. yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah. I mean, he he just beat the number one high school team, you know, in his in his division Friday night. Um, you know, you, you, do you lose him? Um, there's a lot of things you got to worry about, but Harson gets paid a lot of money to figure that out. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, I really don't know what you do to be honest with you. I you could point at things and say, all right, there were signs that we that Bobo could be really good here. Um, I mean, he he turned Bo Nix into potentially, I think, will be an NFL player one day now. Yeah. I never thought that would happen. I, and, and, of, and that's kind ahead. of a combination of both Harson and Bobo coaching him up. I don't know how much one, each of them kind of played in, but you got to think both of them, you know, get made it work for, for Bo. And, you know, after the first couple of years, you're thinking, is this five-star going to actually pan out like we'd hoped? Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, you you can't uh, i'll end on this the the thing that drives me most crazy if we have the same game plan that we did against alabama and use that against south carolina we win that game i mean they mm. went in there determined to run tank against alabama and we yeah. couldn't even run it and they kept doing it and i yeah. said look if you would have done that against south carolina we win that ball game just yeah. turn around and keep handing it to tank and so that type of stuff drives me crazy but you know, do you take one game and say, get rid of him? I don't know. You got to look at the whole season. Yeah. And, and I mean, nobody's saying that we should fire him over one game, but I think it's now his season of work on offense. Is that enough? Um, and that's to be determined um, because we've got this early signing period happening December 15th. And uh, you know, that's really only a couple of weeks away. And uh, I, I think if you do fire him, it's probably after that. Um, now, when is that point? If you fire him, I don't know. But I think right now you don't fire him before December 15th. Now, Auburn may shock me and, you know, fire him before that, but I don't think so. I agree. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, E2C network.com slash support. 
Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. All right, let's talk about some X's and O's here. So we've kind of talked high-level coaching stuff. But offensively, I mean, TJ Finley came in, uh, performed pretty well, 17 or 26 for 137 yards. Not the best, you know, stat line there. He did have two touchdown passes uh, and an interception, which honestly, I think the interception wasn't necessarily his fault. I think it was a little bit not the perfect pass, but, you know, the defender was just right there um, after the ball um, just slipped through. I think it was Kobe Hudson's hands. Um what, what's kind of your thoughts on on where our quarterbacks are at, you know, with TJ Finley um, and, and, you know, not having Bo out there? I think if we'd had Bo, I think everybody would have agreed we would have won that game. But it didn't happen. We have TJ out there um, leading our offense down the field. What's kind of your thoughts on TJ? I don't blame TJ for anything. I mean, it's, you know, he didn't play all year. And he comes in and the last two weeks was, you know, asked to last week he had to play without his number one receiver. And let's be honest, a lot of people debate whether we even have a true number one. Uh, but the guy that's kind of emerging wasn't there. And then this week he's going up against Alabama, who, you know, everybody made fun of their defense this year, but they were still, I think, number two in the SEC and, you know, only give up 2.6 yards a game on the in the run. So there's no help that he's been given. And he hurt his ankle. Yeah. So, I mean – Listen, he has a cannon of an arm. He put some throws in places that I was like, holy smokes. Wow. How did he do that? So cannon of an arm. I think he lacks a little bit of touch, which hurts on deep balls. Um, At the end of the day, it was a gutsy performance. It's none of this is his fault. You know, we got to the 20 and maybe the third quarter, and he took a 14-yard sack, which did away with any chance to get three more points. Yeah. But I I blame that on coaching. I think if we had Carlson, we'd at least attempt it, but we you got your backup kicker in there. Yeah, we probably would have attempted it. And, you know, uh, but again, I don't think you ask TJ to do too much there. I think you understand the situation, making mm-hmm. quick decisions or get rid of it. Right. And so I, I don't totally blame that on TJ. Yeah, I agree too. Um, and I don't think, I mean, we said it, uh, my dad and I, we didn't think TJ losses the game last week. And the same thing for this Iron Bowl. I don't think TJ lost us the game. He did what he needed to um, and ultimately gave us a you know a pretty quick strike touchdown, uh, which was kind of the shot in the arm Auburn needed right before half. I, I, here's a weird question for you. Um, if Bo Nix plays, do we win by 20? If that same 20. game plays out? Uh, I don't know about 20, but I could see I, it being like 10 to 20 point. We win it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, but, you know, they were favored by 20. If yeah. Bo Nix is in that game with his running ability yeah, and, and passing ability and it plays out exactly, you know, every everything almost the same, but a, but a better, more veteran quarterback, I don't know, man. I could have well, seen and, him putting up way more points than that. And I think that kind of helps you in the RPO position where you hand the ball off and we committed, like you said, to Tank Bigsby and – uh, mostly running the ball 30 something times between him and Jarek was that uh, you kind of open up some holes potentially even more if you have a mobile quarterback that can can run like Bo can um quick thoughts just real quick do you think Bo comes back next year yes okay I'm, I'm on the what, same boat do you think he does yeah I think so I mean 
at this point, he's definitely shown lots of improvement, but I don't think it's enough to catch the NFL's eyes. Um, I think he could potentially come back. I mean, it kind of, I mean, again, we're, people may not like this, but kind of, I kind of see his progression like Jalen Hurts, where Jalen wasn't necessarily known to be a, a great passer. He could run the ball really well. And Bose had his moments, but I don't think, I think, you know, maybe another year. I mean, that's what Jalen Hurts did. He transferred to Oklahoma. He developed his pass game. I don't think Bonex transfers, but I think he gets another year. And we've already seen a big jump. So um, I think he, he takes it even more uh, next year. We, we joke about this, but, um, and listen, I've been very critical of Bo Nix. Uh, Bo Nix has any kind of running game and a legit uh, number one receiver. He, he's in the Heisman talk. I mean, he's, yeah. he's got all the tools, and he finally figured out how to play the position this year. Um, you know, some few times he still kind of went all crazy on us, but for the most part, played it well, played in rhythm, throws a beautiful ball. He's just missing a little bit of help. And, you know, but, yeah, I think he comes back. I don't think he's high enough in the NFL to go. And he ain't transferring anywhere. People are talking about after his comment, do you have another Iron Bowl in you? He said, I don't know. We'll see. He's either going to NFL or coming back. He's not – that kid loves Auburn probably more than me and you do. <laughs> That's probably right. I mean, for him growing up, an Auburn fan going to Iron Bowls and all that, I mean, even – he's going to come back. Like, I just have a like, – I'd say it's like 80 90% in my mind that he comes it's back. It's NFL or back. I, some people are saying, yeah. where is he going to transfer? He's not transferring. No. It's NFL or back, and if he wants to go NFL, I don't blame him. He might get taken in like the sixth or seventh round maybe just on talent, but – I think he probably comes back. Yeah, and I I mean, I don't I don't like downing players, but I think there's a reason Bo's been our quarterback. And I I think he's better than TJ. Well, uh, it, yeah, and you know, people get caught up in this and I get it, but every fan base when when you're not winning, every fan base wants the backup. It's mm-hmm. just oh, yeah. human nature. And um I I think that, you know, there is no doubt like you said, Bo, Bo is the better option. Nothing against TJ, but Bo's the better option. And Bo's a legit bona fide option. It's not even just better, best of what we got. Yeah. He started to become like, okay, most SEC schools would probably take him. Mm-hmm. Oh, they really would. I mean, you have a quarterback that can pass and run and understands offensive scheme. I mean, he can, he can do pretty much everything that you want for an SEC quarterback. Um, but doing it on a consistent basis, I think, is the next step that that at least I want to see from him. You, you know what keeps me up at night? I know <laughs> we got to get on. <laughs> if we had any running game at all, oh. we, we 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 ice that game against Mississippi State. Yeah, we never have to pass, and Bo never gets hurt. We go beat South Carolina, and the Iron Bowl is basically for Atlanta. Mm. And I know ifs ifs and this and that. You could say, well, you barely beat Georgia State. I get that, but. If we had any kind of running game, he never gets hurt. Yeah, and we don't lose to South Carolina. No offense to South Carolina fans, but if Bo's in there, we don't lose that game. No, I doubt it. I highly doubt it. How, let me ask this real quick. We this is going to be a four-hour podcast. If you um, <laughs> does it matter when you're thinking about Bobo and Harson this year? Nothing's happening to Harson, but just the per- perception. Does it matter that he had to play the last two games with his backup? Does it matter? Um. When you're gauging the year, do you say? <sighs> I, I, mean, I don't I, think so. So you, 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 and I'm not, I'm not, you think that 
results wise and everything, we sh- you don't take into account that he had to play with his backup. Not necessarily. If anything, that's a positive in my mind because you got TJ Finley ready to go for an Iron Bowl. That's that's super hard to do. My and bad. Play Love well. It. Is what, is your, what is your perception? Okay, we went six and six. Is yeah. it six and six with an asterisk for you? Does that make sense? Six and six it, with asterisk. Is it, I mean, you, I don't I don't like to count like you know moral victories over you know teams that we lost to, but I think there's uh, there there was I mean we all knew it. There was going to be you know highs and lows. I think a high in the season we beat LSU and Baton Rouge. We beat Ole Miss and then a low was you know the last two three games and we were kind of I mean in my mind I knew we were going to have some of them but it kind of shows me overall that he can come out of it and still play and finish out you know his final game of the season you know play well or his team play well that's kind of my mindset with it what what are you kind of thinking about it I guess I'm thinking is it so if I said to if somebody came to me and said Jared you y'all finished six and six that's terrible and I said to them, it is, but we had to play our last two games with our backup quarterback. Is that a legit follow-up comment? Um, it could be. I mean, I, I legit I mean, like would have I mean, I think if Bo plays, I think we probably win. So I yeah, potentially. I, I mean we're eight and four. At, yeah, we're yeah. eight four. And, and and so when you're looking at Harson, six and six isn't great, but if you have your starting quarterback you don't lose those last two games. And I think mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, that's, I think, that's I think it's just looking for positives. I mean, there's a lot of negatives. I'm just trying to look for some positives. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's switch over to uh, defense. Uh, well, actually, oh, before we do this, we got to mention this. Tank Bigsby became the first 1,000-yard rusher since 2017 with on Johnson. So I think that's something to be celebrated. We're getting back to it as much as we, I mean, Jared, you and I have uh, complained a lot about why are we not running tank? Why are we not doing this? We finally got another thousand yard rusher. And that's even with somebody pretty capable, like dark West Hunter right behind them um, that, you know, for most of the season kind of shared the load. Um, and yet we still got a thousand yard rusher. So our offensive line in the running game was terrible to, for tank to get a thousand is amazing. And I also want to get on a soapbox real quick. If you get on Twitter, if you're listening to this and you go on Twitter, do not tweet Tank should transfer. Like, y'all hurt our program. I'm sure none of y'all that listen to this are doing that. If you want to talk to your buddies in a text and say something like that, that's fine. But stop hurting the program with making those type of comments. Okay, I'm I'm off. Okay, I I absolutely agree. Um, Because, like, I, I even had somebody text me and say, should uh tank you know he ran out of bounds in the last play or one of the last plays and you know it stopped the clock and should he leave now and i was like what he he was already running out of bounds like you know the players were pushing him out of bounds like it's not necessarily his fault yeah could he have fallen down probably but like he's he's a running back also at the same time and i don't think you should transfer over one play if anything i'm looking at it saying cool Bobo and Harson believe in me. They ran me almost 30 times. They ran me 29 times in a game. That's committing to me that I will be a key part of this offense going forward. That's the way I would view it, honestly, if I was Tank. After the South Carolina game, and even after Mississippi State, people were saying Tank should transfer. This is terrible offensive line. And a lot of the stuff is true. Don't put that out there. You're hurting your school. 
talk yeah. to your buddies in a text message, talk to them in group me, whatever system you use to chat, but don't put negative stuff about Auburn out on Twitter, even about coaches really, because it, it like this stuff matters. It, it We are the image of Auburn when they're thinking about fans, they want to come join. So that stuff matters. Be careful what you say on Twitter. I know you're frustrated. I get it, but call a buddy or text him. Don't put all that out on Twitter. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, as much as you know players you know want to you know put that off there there's going to be things that you know you know get passed on to them hey you know hey i saw people are thinking you're going to leave are you going to leave and that puts the thought in tank bigsby's head should i be leaving should i transfer uh and that's not good that is not good especially when in my opinion i think tank is again it's kind of like the bow situation i think he's our top guy and it would hurt our program if he leaves. If he leaves, do I think Jarquez can step up? Sure. But he's got to grow up a lot. Um, kind of like we saw Tank do this year. He grew up a lot. He had a kind of a sophomore slump at the beginning. And then we saw what came out um, in the last few games. He's been angry and running with a purpose. And that's, like you said, even with a you know average offensive line in the SEC. All right, let's talk about defense for just a little bit here. Um, and We're running pretty long for a podcast, but I think this is an iron bowl that needs to be talked about from a lot of different angles, and uh, we're trying to hit on as many as we can. Um, we held this, this Alabama offense, which they have been very, very hot when they're passing well. And we held them three quarters in about six minutes without scoring any points, any points. That's incredible in and of itself. Um, and you love to see that against a team that is, <coughs> unless something happens in the SEC championship, they could go all the way and they could win it all. Um, and I think one of the big credits here was seven sacks and eight quarterback hurries. Where the heck has that been, Jared, this whole season where we get that many hurries on a quarterback and sacks? I just think the defense, well, I think schematically we went more man coverage. We were more aggressive. And I think, uh, you know, the defense was pumped for this, no doubt. Um, I, I just feel really good because, honestly, there's uh, – I didn't realize, but I, I think Darren Call is only a junior. So, if he chooses to come back, um, uh, I know Wooden's only maybe a sophomore, although he might technically could go with a redshirt. So, he – but he's probably coming back. I can't pronounce the guy from Northwestern. You have to help me with him. Um, yeah. There you go. Um, he's only a sophomore. So, um, and technically, if T.D. Moultrie wants to, you know, retire at Auburn, he could come back because everybody gets that COVID year, and he he had a good game. So, I think D-line showed out, and really all year. They've had a few bus plays here and there on the run, but for the most part, they've been really good on the run. They were good again last night, and they were sacking. I mean, they're going up against five stars. Like, yeah. Alabama is number one in recruiting every year. We can talk about why later. But number one in recruiting every year, and we dominated them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, I mean, you saw – I mean, they, they showed it a couple times in the stadium. But we were dumbfounding Saban. He was just like, how is this Auburn defense doing this to our offense? Like, he was angry and – I mean, angry Saban's literally my favorite Saban ever. So, <laughs> yeah, I loved when they they would show his face and throwing up his headset down and, you know, whatever. Um, but I think it, it's a credit to that defensive line and front seven that we're just getting after him. 
And and we, my dad and I said it. If you put pressure on Bryce Young, he's a different kind of quarterback, and he was a lot different. I mean, the interception was like that he threw. He was pressured, and you got to think where the heck that has that been. And and you know, I, I just hope we return some of those guys for this next year because if we we even return some of them, I think you could you could chalk up some pretty big, you know you know, hype about next year. Some really well, good I'll, hype. I'll say this real quick. Any guy that thinks about possibly going pro, I will point to Derek Brown coming back and probably jumping up five spots in the first round. Marlon Davidson oh, yeah. probably being a third rounder at best, and he jumps up into, I think, the second round. Mm-hmm. Roger McCrary, I don't know, but I think he was not being talked about first round before this year, nope. and he was a – fringe first rounder after last night i think he just made himself several million dollars after last night so if you want to talk about guys that should come back who are seniors auburn can absolutely sit there and point at those guys and say look you could probably go now in third fourth fifth round if you come back let us coach you we can make you a ton of money yeah and and that's what the player i mean players want money now but if you can point to those examples, like you just talked about Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson, like I thought back, both of them made significant strides in their senior season and they jumped up in the boards and they got what they wanted. Um, They got high draft picks. I mean, that that's even better than a lot of the, what these guys probably are thinking right now. So I think if you can kind of pitch that to guys, help them think through it. um, I think we can, we can have some guys come back that, might not have um, otherwise. Um, I did want to point out, I mean, we, we already hinted at it, but, you know, Roger McCreary, like, let's talk about him just for a moment because I think without his freaking amazing game where he has four pass deflections, seven tackles, and a lot of those long passes, he was just right in the dude's face. And, and you know, I think we're probably going to, you know, we're kind of, we haven't even really mentioned refs at this point, but, he played with what the rest were given. It was, I mean, they were kind of, you know, allowing both uh, both sides to kind of play a little bit more than maybe usual. And Roger was kind of, you know, right in the guy's face. I mean, it was really impressive to me what he was doing. And and a lot of times he was on his own little island, one-on-one. And he, he made Mechie look like a fool a lot of times. Or whoever the wide receiver was. Like you said, those are some key wide receivers that are probably going to be high draft picks in the NFL in the next year or so. So definitely want to you know give Roger McCreary some some big hype um, because I, I saw one of the I saw a tweet um, I think it was somebody a Bama fan oh Roger McCreary just got beat it was one of the overtime touchdowns that I think it was the last one that they won it all on and I was thinking yeah he did get beat but he's also been out there like thirty eight 40 minutes and he's been running around for that long he gets beat on one route one route the whole game um most of the most of the time he was out there right on the dude's tail and doing his job so definitely wanted to uh give him a little shout out there all right any other thoughts about defense before you jump over to special teams jared no i mean they played their played their hearts out and uh you know did everything that that we had, that, that you could even have dreamt of, to be honest with you. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, one of the cool things, and I'll, this will be my last statement about the defense, um, uh, there's this tweet going out about uh, uh, Wooten's mom, and she is awesome on 
on social media. She's a big proponent of uh, this team and the players, and especially her son, obviously. But uh, she she had a pretty glowing uh, review of of Brian Harson. She was like, "This, I love having him under your tutelage. I want to, you know, if anything, I wish my son could come back for another year and and play under you." which, you know, it's COVID year, you technically could, but you probably won't, let's be honest. Um, but I think that's kind of, if we have, you know, a few more moms like that, yeah, think about it. Like players sometimes do what their mamas want. And if you got the mama's heart that the coach is doing the right thing, yeah, that that's a good sign that they get the players are going to stay around. So I think that's a pretty cool thing. I agree with you. I agree. That was good to see. Um, let's talk about special teams here. So, um, my dad picked uh, Oscar Chapman uh, to be his player to watch for special teams. And, oh, my goodness, like, did we need Oscar Chapman to have the best game of his life? I mean, he had 10 punts for 427 <laughs> yards. Yeah, it averages out to, like, 42 yards per, per punt. I mean, it's kind of on his lower end, but anything really above 40 in college football is pretty darn good. Um, and he didn't have any shank punts. Um, he had one that was a 57-yarder. He had five, five that were within the 20-yard line. And I think most of those were within, like, the 10-yard line. Well, if Shedrick Jackson, no offense, but if he re- if he knew where he was on the field, he would have yeah. pinned another one inside the five. Yeah, because he, he grabbed it, and he's like, oh, crap, I'm in the end zone. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's it's hard. I get it. I'm not knocking yeah. Shedrick. I mean, but, yeah, if he – if he figured it out the next time, the very next punt, he was the one to catch it at the two. Right. So, you know, again, a good adjustment right there. Um, so that was spectacular to see. And, man, they showed it in the stadium a few times. I'm sure they did in the on TV. But I love punter and kicker uh, celebrations after they do something amazing. But Oscar Chapman was celebrating hard after every one of those punts, which, I mean, he just became the punter from down under – the best punter in my mind that we've had in a long time. Yeah. He's, he's pretty good, man. And you know, the, the we talked about the, the field goal kicker. I mean, stepping up to make that, oh, I mean, yeah. that, that was it. All right. Here, kid, go make a 49 yard field goal in overtime to where if you don't make it, they probably win. Yeah. And he and, stepped up and made it. Yeah. A, a kid I, that probably never thought he'd be getting any kicks except maybe point after attempts when we're blowing out a team. That's Just, probably about it. You couldn't ask for anything more from any guy on that team. They all did everything they could. And if we want to be honest, we were under, we were undermanned. I mean, and, you know, at the end of the day, it probably showed a little bit in the overtime. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this super, super proud of all everybody on that field. Yeah. I mean, during kickoffs, I felt like in punt returns, I felt like we did – better than we should have even though i think one of them we had an unnecessary roughness or something and that got called back which again that was weak though i'm not even good that was so weak it was the first play of the game i was like oh here we go i mean they were all they were all jawing at each other (laughs) um and you know they call it on us but um but yeah i mean that did that put us back in the 10 we were supposed to be you know up at the 25 i guess I, yeah. I will say what do you think i mean they had they had is it javarius johnston is that his yeah. name yeah they had him returning punts and he had a good punt return right and and what was kind of interesting was in the uh in the stadium they you know go through the <laughs> you know starting lineups 
and they actually had Demetrius Robertson announce as the punt returner, but then Javarius gets all of the punt returns. Um, I mean, yeah, he had a 19 yard, you know, punt return, which is, I mean, we, we've kind of had a lack of, you know, big punt returns. Um, and that was a huge one. I mean, was that the one that I can't remember? Was that the one that kind of led to our touchdown? You remember that? If that was um, it, was that? I don't, I don't know. I've tried to put the game away. Um, <laughs> it's very possible, but I, I, I'm not totally sure. But yeah, it was. Um, he he did he did a, a good job. We'll see. Yeah, it was. It was literally right after that. So Javarius Johnson returns. Uh, it was only like a one yard return, so it wasn't that one. Never mind. But. Either way, like you gotta you gotta make some plays, and uh, Javarius Johnson made them. All right, any other kind of final thoughts uh, before we get out of here? No, I'm just just so proud of them. Um, I know that some people are like, you know, there's no moral victory, okay? But let's be honest, the first year, like if we win that game, and I'm not trying to downplay an Iron Bowl, okay? Listen, I'm not. If we win that game, we're seven and six, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, if Harson winds up being that dude. Ain't nobody gonna look back at that and be too worried, okay? Because you know, seven and six, six and or I'm sorry, seven and five, six and six. So really, it's all about what do we do to get better next year, and we'll find out in two weeks if he can bring in recruits. That's to me the bigger deal. If he can bring in recruits, if he can get people in the portal, that'll show us a sign that all right, things are starting to turn. We got a vision here, and we might be able to turn this thing around. If that doesn't happen, I'll be more worried. But final thought. Um, I've talked a lot. Some people are saying we blew all these leads. We lost four in a row, yada, yada, yada. Ever, all that is true. But you also have to give the coaches credit. They literally had lost three games in a row. They got up off the mat, and they almost beat Alabama with a backup quarterback. So you mm-hmm. can't blame the coaches for everything and not give them credit to go do what they just did when they had not much to play for. Yeah. I mean, and then kind of on top of that, I mean, when Bo Nix goes down and gets, you know, breaks his ankle, I mean, you have any backup quarterback in there and he's not doing much more than Bo Nix did on a broken ankle. I mean, most of the time you you kind of just hand the ball off and say, all right, we're going to give you really quick short passes. And I mean, I mean, in the end, like if you don't have your starting quarterback out there, it, it can slow your game down a lot. Um, oh, it totally changed. I mean, yeah. I mean, we, yes, we lost the last. I'll say we lost the last two games simply because we did not have Bo Nix. That's fair. I mean, and how do we become a program though where you win no matter who's in? Like Georgia right now, um, they have you know he's turned into a good quarterback, but he was a walk on. Yeah. And how do you get into Alabama one championship with just very mediocre quarterbacks? So how do you get your program going? to where it doesn't really matter you can become elite with a good quarterback but you can win a lot of games with anybody back there that's where we need to get we need to quit yeah. relying on quarterbacks and we need to get it to where our offensive and defensive line are so dominant it doesn't matter who's back there yeah that's a good point and i, I want to get to that spot and i wish i knew how how alabama and georgia have both done that because I, they, I they've, they've had to We'll talk off the record. <laughs> hey, maybe that's a topic for another podcast. Maybe. Yeah. All right, Jerry, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. 
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.